Hey there, podcast listener. Steven here from the podcast you're currently listening to. You ever heard a podcast and think, I can do that? Well, maybe you can, or maybe you can't, or maybe I can help you get started with it. Hosting is the most expensive cost you'll have in a podcast, and that's why Anchor by Spotify is the easiest way to make a podcast. Really, they have everything you need all in one place. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. With Anchor's hosting, you can distribute your podcast to other listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and a whole lot more. And if you think you can do a better job than I, record a podcast right now. There's very low risk involved. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, Anchor is free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. So, how dare you? <laughs> oh my god! Uh, so, fucking Microsoft loses twelve years of songs. Not Microsoft. I mean, Microsoft MySpace. Yeah, it might as well have been Microsoft. They were probably using <laughs> Microsoft servers or something. Right. <laughs> I was yeah, like, I didn't even know. I, I forgot they were still around. Right. Must be so useless. I, oh, I know. It's like, does anybody even go there? Like, <laughs> the last 12 years, I'm like, well, technically, I mean, I I always kind of looked at it as, you know, okay, so MySpace loses songs from the last 12 years. Facebook is 15 years old. So if we go by the logic, if a tree falls in a forest and no one's there to hear it, does it make a noise? So if my thing is, it's like, okay, so if MySpace lost 12 years of music and no one listened to it, does it really matter? No. Yeah. That's- I don't, like, who's using it? Yeah, I know. That's the thing. It's like, you know, who's who's up there? <laughs> who's putting music up there? Like, oh, yeah, we're going to put our music up on MySpace. It's like, why? <laughs> why? <laughs> I mean, that was the one cool thing about MySpace back in the day, was you could do like a playlist on your, you know, profile or whatever. I used to love fucking MySpace. Fucking, what was it? Those little uh, themes you could do. You just mm-hmm. put, in the, put in the code and then. There used to be websites where all the you whole had to do was copy CSS and paste. code. Yeah, you copy yep. and paste. Yeah. You could put your own background, everything. Mine was ridiculous. <laughs> Mine was, um, it had um, this NERD song. Oh, the. You really want me? It really it would play when you came to the page, and then it had a picture of two chicks in bikinis in a shower making out. Of course, because that's what MySpace was. America, like you know what I mean? Like when you went to my page, you knew exactly who I was. At, at I think twenty was when it was out. You knew. Oh man, I you make it look like a GeoCity site. Oh god, it was great. It was just fucking great uh, so uh, I know when I heard this like MySpace lost 12 years of songs I'm like my first reaction was 
that MySpace is still around. Like that should be like the beginning of every article is like that should be the intro. It's like, yeah, it's still around. <laughs> it's like, okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh man. All right. Welcome everybody to the Lazy Geeks. I'm gonna uh, go to MySpace.com right now. <laughs> I'm Stephen Vargas. I'm Adam Riley. <laughs> who's, Doesn't look who's, like a music site. It looks like a news site. <laughs> who's uh updating his MySpace page? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I signed into mine. I can't remember the things, but a couple years back, I figured it out and I signed in, and my old account was still there. Oh, really? But it was nothing. Like it was because they've changed the site so much. Yeah, and then I de- did they like to de- supposedly delete like a lot of the stuff. Yeah, they just deleted everybody's page because <laughs> they changed it so you can't manipulate the code anymore. Right. So my they just got rid did of it. That on purpose, as opposed to losing all the songs. Right. <laughs> And now it's just, yeah, it's focused on music and, I mean, <sighs> watch Ariana Grande kick off first night of the Sweetener World Tour in New York. Oh, wow. <laughs> and then they had, what is this? It's like a, how many people have shared it? 12. Mm-hmm. So an Ariana Grande post was shared 12, 12 times. times. No one is on this site. Well, you know what's funny, though, is that when you have people that are like, oh, yeah, if you, um, to, like, um. Fucking even in Black Panther where they're like, you know, your entourage didn't know you guys had an album. But he's like, oh, yeah, let's give them the uh, SoundCloud. You know, it's like people go to SoundCloud. You know, right. <laughs> they don't go to MySpace. <laughs> and even then people make fun of SoundCloud. Right. But can you imagine somebody go, oh, yeah, here's our MySpace URL that re- you're going to get that like flinch reaction. Like, the fuck? <laughs> like, did, <laughs> I, did I just travel through time? <laughs> the fuck you just say to me? <laughs> <laughs> is this wait, is, is this 2005? Are we, are we in 2005? For real. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, so before we kick off, I uh, want to remind everybody, uh, please review the show. I uh, want to get some of those reviews in and uh, let us know how we're doing and all that stuff. So get it wherever you get the show. Primarily, we hope you guys do it on iTunes because uh, we like to get uh, some of that on there. But we're also you can also do CastBox, Stitcher, uh, TuneIn, I believe. So go ahead and uh, leave us some reviews. That will help us out immensely. Uh, also, I was going to mention this last week, and I kept kind of forgetting because it is YouTube after all. Um, mm. We still have our YouTube channel where we post the audio, um, the audio of the podcast. But also I've created playlists on there. Uh, so we have playlists for everything, for things about movies, games, technology, comics, and television. And I'll, I go through and I get these from like the original, like like Warner Brothers Entertainment, Pixar, Disney, Marvel, all of that stuff. And then I connect them to, and I add them to a playlists on the uh, on there. So you can get trailer. You'll see trailers behind the scenes, you know, uh, teasers, launch uh, launch day uh, video uh, gaming trailers, all that kind of stuff, technology. And it's even just. Uh, for the technology stuff, the new Google um, uh, presentation that happened this week, it's there. You can, um, it's in on the playlist there. Also, tutorials and things like that from like Samsung, Microsoft, uh, Apple, all of them are there. So check it out. It's a lot of different stuff on there um, that I've been doing. I go through daily and add them to our playlist. So you can go ahead and check them out all on our front page. And uh, you can see the if you go to thelazygeeks.com, you can get the link to our YouTube page. So uh, be sure to check that stuff out too. Nice. 
All right. So I guess with that, should we just uh, jump into our short takes? That's right. Yes. Do this. <laughs> so after years of teasing and leaving us with blue balls, which is never fun for anyone, oh. fans can hi- finally have a release. See how I made that one sexual? I like that. Yeah. I really do. <laughs> uh, in a video at the Hollywood Bowl, Keanu Reeves and Alex Winter announced that they will be filming this summer Bill and Ted Face the Music for release in 2020. Rumors about this movie have been circling for years, but no one wanted to make the movie. Apparently, fans demanding this is ha- um, demanding this finally got someone to make it work. So, excellent! <laughs> I, I, Dude. I, I when I finally saw the video of them, like we're gonna be, I was like, "Yes, finally!" I like the premise too. Like, I don't. Uh, do you, are you familiar with the premise? No, I haven't. I I, I saw the video with no sound. <laughs> <laughs> well, but, in the in the video for this, yeah, it was funny. The video, they're like, "We're at the Hollywood Bowl, where we would never play." Yeah, we would never be playing here. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, the the premise came out, I think, a couple months ago, and it was about. Uh, Bill and Ted, middle-aged, um, not achieving what they were supposed destined to achieve. Right. So I think that's going to be kind of cool. I'm like going, oh, that'd be kind of cool. The whole, you know, chosen one, and then you're not achieving it, and you're like, kind of like, what the fuck just happened? But if we remember from the first movie, they came back. I don't know the second movie. They came back old as fuck. That's true. So you know. Yeah. Just saying. <laughs> Um, yeah, I'm excited about. It. I I really love, and they're ridiculous and stuff. But they're they're that cool kind of ridiculous. Yeah. You know, they just don't take themselves too seriously. But um, close this real quick. Ah. <laughs> um, I can't I I can't wait for it to come out. It's gonna be one of those things that even if it sucks, I'm gonna like it. Yeah. You know, so I mean, it has to be better than Bogus Journey. Bogus Journey was great. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> Um, that one actually grew on me as I got older. It grew. On you me. had to watch it. Like when I watched it when I was a kid, I didn't get it. Yeah. Like I was like, "What's happening?" And then I and then when you get older, you're like, oh okay. Like, <laughs> I see what they did there. <laughs> is it as good as the first one? No. Is it good? Yes. <laughs> um, and and mainly because death was awesome. Oh yeah. So. Is it sad that the last game released by Lucasfilms Games was Monkey Island 2? Um, seriously, I'm asking. I'll wait. No, for real. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, in the, like, was it 91 or 92 or something like that? Like, and nothing against the Monkey Island series. That's the one you go out on. Like, <laughs> but yeah, you know, after nearly 30 years, you know, I own both. Um, <laughs> I own both Knights of the Old Republic. Oh, yeah. I'm on Steam. Nice. You know, no big deal, whatever. Uh, <laughs> Disney has decided to excuse revive me, the excuse company. Excuse me, you dropped these names right here. I just thought That's I'd right. pick them up for you. <laughs> <laughs> Let me pick those up for you. Um, there's, no, there's no announcement as to what their plans are, but the internet is always full of speculation. Some are suggesting that their deal with EA, who is producing Star Wars IP, have have only released two games in six years, maybe on the rocks since both games have been lackluster. However... Disney said they are fully committed to their relationship with EA, but they still have a contract until 2023, so no need to make their unhappiness public until then. Yeah, of course. If the contract <laughs> is that late, they're going to be like, oh, no, we love EA. Yeah, yeah. We love them until like, you know, day uh, the day after that it's like the contract ends plus one and then it's like, fuck EA. Yeah. <laughs> 
but the, but but this gives them time too, a couple years to kind of start, you know, getting shit together because you know I EA just really fucking blew it with Battlefront. Yeah, you know, they they blew them with those. And two. it actually is a good game, but they fucking buried it in microtransactions. Well, yeah, the second one, the first one was just mostly multiplayer, which a lot of people hated because it was no single right. player campaign. And then they say. Well, we didn't have enough time to put a single-player campaign in there, but we didn't want to say anything before because people probably wouldn't have bought it. And then That's they right. go, and then they did the <laughs> second one, which is like, yeah, we have a we have a single-player campaign, look cool, and then all of a sudden it's like, yeah, you pretty much have to pay to win it. And then it's like, well, that fucking blows. Yeah, it's bullshit. Yeah, fucking EA. But, but in but I mean, like mechanically wise, like the mechanics of the game were sound. Like yeah. it was really it was really clean and that. But no, no single player. Yeah. Fuck out my face. It's actually kind of cool though because I, you know, some I have some like really cool old games from like you know Star Wars games from Lucasfilm games. So it's like it's kind of nice to have that back. It's like yes, finally, yeah. keep that shit in. House. And they'll probably do some re-releases. And um, but I think that Nintendo just want or Nintendo, Jesus, <laughs> Disney just wants like a major game studio. Because do they even have one? No. You know, that's so why it's they like, were thinking of like EA because they figured, well, we'll just have a contract with somebody that actually does it. But then in the end, you're probably like, well, they're fucking it up. And, you know, Lucas, you know, uh, Industrial Light and Magic or, you know, Lucas Films already has had their own division. So why don't we mm-hmm. just, you know, reinstitute that and get that going um, with, a, with a bunch of IPs? Let, let's 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 check. <laughs> OK, speaking Disney. Of, speaking of Old Republic. Um, there's a rumor going around that the Game of Thrones guys that are doing the new Star Wars trilogy, um, mm-hmm. that they may set place in the Old Republic. Oh, I heard that. I'm I like, like it. I, when I heard that, I'm like, oh, and actually it kind of makes sense. You think King of um, Game of Thrones guys doing Old Republic kind of similar? You know, I'm thinking, yes, that needs to happen. Like we need to make this happen. I'm trying to find. Um there's a Wikipedia page, if anyone's ever ever curious. List of assets owned by the Walt Disney Company. Um, and I'm trying to see games, but I don't... It's probably under other somewhere. Or, you know, fucking... Fucking fuck. Oh, <laughs> Disney games. There we go. Ugh, this is trash. They don't own fucking nothing. <laughs> yeah, so they need some games. Yeah. All right, so... Some of the most beautiful and compelling games comes from Quantic Dream. They are the studio behind Detroit Become Human and Beyond Two Souls and are no longer exclusive with Sony. What does that mean for you? It means that their three games are coming to PC this year. Quantic Dream's co-CEO Guillaume de uh, Fondamir said, With this new partnership with Epic, we can now expand our product to a wide wider fan base and allow PC players to enjoy these titles. So expect Detroit Detroit Become Human, Beyond Two Souls, and Heavy Rain later this year. Um Detroit and Heavy Rain. I never played Beyond Two Souls, but I heard it was like a great game. But Detroit yeah. Become Human, Heavy Rain, beautiful games. And uh I think that'll be nice. They're more like interactive movies though, mm-hmm. aren't they? Yeah. Uh, especially Detroit Become Human, very, yeah. very much so. 
Um, so many different scenarios that you can come with it uh, that can come out with it. I loved that game. Um, but it'd be kind of cool too with um, being on PC because you know PC power can make that even look better. Right. So Konami is celebrating its 50th an- or 50th birthday with um, three new compilations based on Castlevania, Contra, and its early arcade games. Each available on Nintendo Switch, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and Windows PC via Steam. The first collection, Arcade Classics, comprises a bumper pack of Konami's 1980s hits, including Haunted Castle, A it's Ajax, right? Yeah. Or is it Alax? Oh, Ajax. Ajax. <laughs> Stupid spell check is like all of this is spelled <laughs> wrong. Um, no shit. <laughs> gra- <laughs> right. Uh, Gradius and Gradius 2, Life Force, Thundercross, um, Scramble. And the and Twin B. This one goes on digital sale on April eighteenth for twenty bucks. Not a bad price at all. Uh, not a great, not a great price, but not a bad price. Um, arriving in early summer is the Castlevania Anniversary Collection. This will also include eight titles, uh, four of which have been confirmed: Castlevania for the NES, Castlevania Two, Belmont's Revenge uh, for the Game Boy, Castlevania Three, Dracula's Curse for the NES, and Super Castlevania Four for the you guessed it, Super NES. <laughs> really? Um, wow, I would have missed that one. <laughs> <laughs> right. The Contra Anniversary. I, you I, know, back in the day when they added su- Super to everything, you thought that game was power. Like you were like, that's yeah, right. You're like, yeah, it's Super. <laughs> um, the Contra Anniversary Collection will also arrive in early summer. Again, an eight-title collection with confirmed games including Contra Arcade, so the arcade cabinet, um, Super Contra from the arcade, Super C, NES, Contra 3, uh, the Alien Wars, Super NES. Konami says that each collection will come with a digital book that features behind-the-scenes notes, never-before-seen design sketches, and interviews with development staff. So I always like when they do this. Like a lot of people say, oh, it's a fucking money grab. I don't care. Uh, like, I mean, you know, if you, get a, if you get a bunch of it, like, if, you know, eight fucking games – yeah, you know, I'm thinking. Okay, you know what? That's that's cool because that's and they're cool. adding they're adding the little behind the scenes stuff. Right. And, I mean, stuff for a real fan that's dope as fuck. I'll get you know? I'd fucking get the Contra anniversary collection. I'd I get the Castlevania one for. I real. loved Contra when I was a yeah. kid, dude. I always Contra I, was oh, it used to piss me off. Oh my god, it still does. I yeah. when I went to that uh, neon retro arcade over here in in Reseda, they had Contra the arcade and oh my god that pissed me off so bad i was like thank god this has unlimited plays because it was pissing me the fuck off right <laughs> uh first of all the title of this <laughs> is amazing <laughs> so windows 7 is in the end game now but Jesus the avengers Christ. can't save this one thankfully uh microsoft has rolled out a patch that will warn windows 7 users that security updates will soon come to an end the patch rolled out Wednesday warning users that of the impending deadline, January 14th, 2020, when the software giant will no longer roll out fixes for security flaws and vulnerabilities. The deadline comes some 10 years after Windows 7 first debuted in 2009. Microsoft's move to stop issuing security updates as part of the company's ongoing effort to push users into its latest software, which stands on greater security foundation and improvements to mitigate attacks. However, not much anything else. Uh, <laughs> starting April 
18th, users on Windows 7 will begin receiving warnings about the approaching cutoff. Surprisingly, Windows 7 still commands some 40% of the desktop market, according to net applications. Enterprise com customers have the option to pay for extended security updates until 2023. It's almost unheard of for Microsoft to patch end-of-life software. And in 2017, Microsoft released a rare security patch for Windows XP, which was retired three years earlier, to prevent the spread of WannaCry, a ransomware strain that piggybacked off of, hacked, of leaked hacking tools developed by the NSA. Windows 7 successor, Windows 8, will continue to receive updates until January 10th, 2023. Honestly, who gives a shit about Windows 8? As we said, yeah. as we said before, off, uh, off the mic, uh, they pretty much buried that one. <laughs> yeah, like no one discusses it. Vista like and Windows go, 8. <laughs> Vista or XP, Vista, Windows 7, Windows 10. Right. That's <laughs> like basically what people say. Um, yeah. I mean, the <laughs> only one that this really affects, aside from like the old fucks that are just like, oh, like my, they're probably still running Windows XP pretty much. Um, but running Windows 7, you know, it, it's like, you know what? Yeah, you can say all the shit you want about Windows 10 and stuff like that. It's still, but it's it's better than seven. Like, come on. Yeah. And 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 uh, I mean, it gets debatable what resources. Like, I was just reading an article actually where they go, it it uses essentially the same amount of resources to run, but Windows Seven is more consistent. Yeah. Because Windows Seven isn't doing as much in the background. Yeah, so it kind of just sits there and waits for you to do something. But Windows 10 by its nature is snappier when you click on something. So I don't know. It's whatever. But my company uses Windows 7 still. Oh, yeah. um, and knowing how the IT department for my company <laughs> works, I can guarantee you they're paying for more fucking <laughs> extensions. Yeah, they're fucking retarded. So <laughs> I know it, it. And that's mostly what it is. It's just mostly businesses or the, you know, the old like. And when I say old people, I mean old people that are just like, I bought Windows 98 Special Edition, Windows Me, and Windows XP, and I just decided Windows 7, I'm not updating anymore. I don't need to update anymore. It's been fucking a decade. You can update one more time. But then where are they going to go? Like for, for, <laughs> for company, like for business users, Windows 7 is perfect, but Windows 10 isn't suitable for fucking business use. Yeah. Like, you could do it, but it has a lot of shit that you're not going to use. But that's kind of like on Microsoft's side. It's like, you should have a Enterprise Edition. And when I mean Enterprise, not the Starship, I'm talking like business. Like yeah. They should have a business one. Bare bones, kind of like, okay, this will run, you know, Windows in the background. You can do pretty much Windows stuff, but not the integrated shit that they like to do now with all of that. They should have a business line. That's why they don't release... Um there was big talk one time that they were like, oh, uh, Microsoft's going to release Office for Linux. This is a room. Like, they would never do that. No, not at all. Because if they released Office for Linux, then so many companies would go, oh, okay. And they just move to Linux. Like my company, we use Windows, but we're, we're n we don't have actual computers. We have uh, uh, VIMs or whatever. Oh, right. And it just, it's like a special router that connects to your, your computer in New York. <laughs> you know, so um, – the, that's all on a fucking Linux server, mm. so it's not like they're not against they're they're not against using Linux, but they can't because nobody else does. Right. 
that's the biggest issue. You know, if, if everyone suddenly said, okay, fine, we'll switch to this, then it would be fine. But you can't be that one company that's like, no, we use open source stuff. Oh, great. Then you can't fucking function with us. <laughs> that's why you don't see Apple in the mark in the business marketplace. But even then, Apple works a little better because you have Office. It's really Office. Mm-hmm. Office has a stranglehold on corporate America, and okay. rightfully so. It's it's good software. You know, it's not like it's shit. Right. Although they sell it a little fucking weird nowadays, but <laughs> you know that's not Office's fault. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh man. All right, so let's hit into our watch list. Uh, this will probably be the last full. Uh, full watch list that we'll have for a couple of weeks because yeah um uh one show's going on hiatus for a couple of weeks the by the and when the other one comes back we may have one or two before they end for the season so um first up the orville uh lasting impressions episode 11 this was kind of a sad episode wasn't it it was but i thought it did a good balance with the b storyline with the, yeah. the addiction, I thought that was, I think, and I think that was done on purpose, yeah. wasn't it? Like the B storyline was so silly. Yeah, <laughs> you know, you were just laughing your ass off with the with the cigarette addiction. Okay, yeah, um, but it had to be because the other side, the A story, was depressing. Yeah, well, I've I've realized that Gordon's becoming the new Jordy. Yeah, like he because he, he can't catch a break. Can't catch a break. He falls in love with a hologram. You know, it's like it's like seriously, bro. <laughs> you know, um, and, it, and and you know what. I don't blame him. Yeah. That chick was funny, interesting, hot. Yeah. You know. Good singer. But you know. <laughs> good singer, but also dead. Yeah. So <laughs> um for and so the the plot of this one was uh they unearth a time capsule from New York circa two thousand fifteen and uh opened it up and they had all these I thought it was funny with some of the stuff that was, you know, out on the table. You know, like, some Oreos. Yeah, I saw that pack of Oreos, <laughs> a birthday card, uh, um, you know, cigarettes and uh, an iPhone. And uh, they so they hadn't been they weren't able to get the phone to work because they realized there was stuff in there. And obviously, you know, they, Apple doesn't have enough dongles in the in the in the 25th century. Right. Uh, so uh, the engineering department decides that they're going to go in and, and open it up and. Uh, once they get it powered, which was great too, because they, you know, he goes, well, well, let's dumb it down and let's go and power up. He goes, sir, it's not letting me in. And then, uh, fucking, uh, what's that? Uh, the Norm McDonald character goes, I have a weird idea. How about turning it on and off again? <laughs> and I was like, work? and of course it works. Um, and then it's, there's a video of the chick who owned the phone and said that she was getting a new iPhone. So she put that in there. And just left a video introducing herself, and and she had all her text messages and everything. And of course, Gordon kind of gets taken with her. So he's reading, he's looking at the messages. Not to mention Star Trek Voyager fans. Tuvok, yeah, was the uh, was the archaeologist in this one, which I thought was pretty cool. I was like, "Fuck, it's Tuvok." Um, so of course, he takes the phone to the with their version of the holodeck, and then recreates her personality through the phone and uh, started. Yeah, it's kind of basically the computer scans all the information on the phone and builds a best guess. And it was pretty, pretty good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and uh, so he meets her, her friends and uh, starts obviously to fall for the chick. Um, even goes to the point of cre- recreating his own cell phone so he can text her. Through- oh my God. I was like, wow. I'm like, okay, now we're getting a little obsessed. My favorite though was when, uh, he invited uh the captain 
<laughs> and the, and them to their game night and they're playing a uh, Pictionary and then he's like, well, it's about 2,300 hours and it's like, ooh, 2,300 hours, is that a hipster thing? <laughs> and then it's like Seth MacFarlane. Yeah, nah, looks, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> he was so fucking aggravated. <laughs> it was great too. He looks like, no. Uh, and you think about it too, it, if you, it was kind of interesting in the sense that, and they do this in Star Trek too. Um, anytime Star Trek went back in time, it was like the zaniness of society wasn't there anymore. Right. Like they're just being fucking ridiculous. <laughs> right. And I think maybe, maybe that wasn't society had, had gone to that. Maybe it was because they were all in Starfleet or they were right. all in whatever Orville's thing is called. The union. Um, the union. Thank you. So they're more professional people. <laughs> You know, but like it was like, remember the fucking Star Trek movie where they went back in time to San Francisco? Oh, right. <laughs> it's like everybody was wacky and they were like, what the fuck is wrong with these people? Watch where you're going, you dumbass. And then Kirk goes, well, a double dumbass on you. Double dumbass to you, too. <laughs> you know, greatest. That's the greatest original uh, series movie. Oh, I love I love the original series movies because they kind of went like one right after another. Right. Where, like if you if you saw that journey or the voyage home and you didn't see the one before that, you'd be like, why do they have a Klingon ship? <laughs> yeah. You like, you'd be confused. You'd be like, what the fuck is and then, this? Then you go there. Why are they rescuing Spock? How did Spock die? Then you got to see Star Trek two. <laughs> What's <laughs> happening? <laughs> the I only don't one you understand. Don't see is the first one. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, so yeah, you know, so he, he falls for this chick. She works at Macy's he's retail and, you know, all that stuff. And so it was, it was interesting. One thing I got to say though, that security chick actually looked fucking cute with the long hair and the beanie. I really, I'm starting to like her. Yeah. I missed the other one. I missed the other one, but you know, this one I was like, mm, okay, I can kind of seen that. But what's funny was when um, Gordon was talking to his buddy about, yeah, you know, and it was like so real and like she was there and you know, we got along and he's like, that's no, good. But are you sure you didn't do a, you didn't, do any drugs while you're in there right right <laughs> and my favorite line was when you know she dumps him because in the text messages she goes back with her boyfriend um he and then uh his what did he say he's like yeah he goes i feel you i feel for he goes i feel you he's like you've been dumped before actually i haven't never been dumped fact the worst dump that i had she said well you can still come back and have sex with me anytime you want yeah. i was like what a dick i'd be like fuck <laughs> you and they, they honestly should have had um the other one kind of look at him like this dick motherfucker. <laughs> we've all had that friend you right know? yeah that's like no the worst breakup i had she said you can still come back and have sex with me anytime i was like what an asshole dude way to be <laughs> way to be supportive there <laughs> it's like oh no i can't stop getting pussy bro. I, I don't know <laughs> But the B storyline, which was which balanced out kind of the 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 doomed relationship that was going to happen with Gordon, was uh, Bordis gets addicted to cigarettes because he find he takes a cigarette. There's <laughs> some in the um in the capsule. capsule, and he was like, oh, he he was riveted by the tobacco smell, so he takes it back to his quarters and his mate. I always forget his mate's name, but uh, uh, was like, ooh, this smells good, and then <laughs> then he eats it, and he's like. You don't eat it. He's like you, you, you light the tip of it with the flame and inhale the smoke. And my the greatest fucking line was, "I feel like I've been standing up my whole life, and I finally just sat down." And you know what's sad is I quit smoking like two years ago, and that scene was like, uh huh, like it's 
it's fucking <laughs> pisses me off. I'm like, it had to be written by a smoker or an ex-smoker. Yeah. Oh, know? yeah. <laughs> My favorite was, I need to have more of these. 500 more <laughs> cigarettes. Right. And they were... <laughs> so this is the B storyline that is just ridiculous. <laughs> and it's so funny because it was so skillfully edited that right yeah. when you're kind of depressed, yeah. you, this pops up. You're like, what the fuck? <laughs> well, my favorite is when... Um, uh, when... Uh, what's her name? Gets uh, Mercer to the bridge and goes... and <laughs> Or no, she, the security chief gets, uh, gets uh, the first officer to the bridge and you just see the silhouette of the chair and this cloud of smoke coming right. up from it. And fucking Bordas has the cigarette hanging from his lips like a fucking... <laughs> Like a pro, go ahead. Yes, Commander. <laughs> also, just just for some content, even though anyone who's watched sci-fi that's not gritty knows nobody smokes. Right. It, it's it's been it's been done. Like I think <laughs> I, even people were meant, like, what is like? They did kind of barely knew what it was. Yeah. And and uh, it was was hilarious too. Was when um the captain goes to, <laughs> when the captain goes to uh their quarters and Bordas and his mate have the like the room is smoky they have they see that ashtray of both of them like oh my god copious amounts of cigarette butts in there and still another ashtray of unsmoked cigarettes in yeah there. like they're just sitting there smoking <laughs> constantly chain smoking it was ridiculous uh it was so hilarious and then you find out that the um that that's their species is prone to addiction most prone to nicotine addiction like yeah. a lot yeah and uh so uh but then you get the then you go back to the the gordon um storyline and he decides that you know everybody's like well you know it was bound to happen you know he goes it was all in the text she goes back to her boyfriend or whatever and then he ends up uh deciding to go back and then deletes the ex-boyfriend and now it creates this whole other version of her because he's you know wants to sing with her and she's no, I don't sing, you know, like in front of people. Yeah, right. Yeah. And um, doesn't sing. And then he finds out it's the boyfriend that ex-boyfriend is the one that actually got her to sing. So he knows that it's going to have to end. And it was kind of like I thought he, he was ending it. He was going to end it with just like leaving it. But then he goes and has that little goodbye moment, which is like right around the time she's supposed to put the phone in the. Um, yeah, in the, like a little bit of closure. Yeah. You know. And um, we get to hear him sing again. He sings really good. Like, yeah, he does. Yeah. And, um, then, uh, you know, so it was kind of cool. It was kind of, kind of cool to see him kind of end it like that, but you, you did feel bad for him. Like you were like, Oh God, that sucks. Yeah. It also too, it made me, it kind of made me think a little bit, which was funny. Cause like, I was like, you know, what it's saying is really true. Like if you, any person that you've significantly interacted with, if you just deleted them, like it never happened, you would be a different person, like oh, yeah. slightly. Like she did with you know? the eye, like um, the, like what she did with the um, Kelly. That's her name. I always forget um her name, but Kelly when she did the eye thing. Yeah. And he's like, what? The? She's like, that's what te- um Ed got her to do, and you know, she's like, but then you flip it, and then no Orville, you know. Right, because Ed got them got them most of their fucking roles on the ship. Yeah, you know, so it's like you don't really notice, and I think it gives you it kind of. When I was thinking, kind of gives you perspective of like you really should appreciate <laughs> the people <laughs> who are around you because they're a little bit they're more important sometimes than you think. But um, there was a quote I, you put on um, Twitter from this episode. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, 
oh, fuck. Now I got to pull up Twitter because this is why I put things up because I just forget. You know? <laughs> but I'm going to I'm going to pull it up right now and pull up my account. Um, this is something that Mercer said. Um, so they were discussing. Uh, they finally were telling him and, and they were like, listen, man, she's not real. She doesn't exist. And his argument was, well, in the traditional sense, no. Um, but Isaac, we think he exists. It's like, well, Isaac's self-aware. And it's like, is he? Like, he's <laughs> trying to he's trying to justify it in his head. Right. You know, and um, they're arguing back and forth. And finally, Mercer says, the universe is not governed by individual perception. It matters what's true. Yeah. And I was like, this is, I said that was the most relevant thing to today's society I've heard in a while. And it really is something you must remember. Like, it doesn't matter what your perception of it is at that moment in time. What's the truth? Right. You know, because perception is very, you know, very that could be swayed, you know. So I thought that was that that quote hit me like I rewound it. Like I was like, oh, <laughs> shit. Like, what was that? <laughs> oh, shit. But, they uh, got deep. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, it was a good episode. It was, um, it seems that we've kind of gone back to the, they, but according to Seth MacFarlane, they go on a three week break and they said when they come back, they, and he goes that the end of the season gets big. So it looks like we've kind of have more central stories, kind of like the way next gen used to be, you know, we would have like, you know, individual stories, building the characters and stuff like that. And I think it, I think it's done well, um, with building other characters, especially characters like Gordon you know, who could have just been the one joke character, but we're actually putting some depth to them. Um, but yeah, so um, I really enjoyed this one. I thought this was, this was a really cool episode. All right, so moving on to uh, to Star Trek Discovery. Uh, so we have The Red Angel, episode 10. Um, I saw this before Adam, and I told Adam, I go, it starts off with the feels and it goes right into what the fuck? Yeah, and he he was not lying. So, <laughs> um, so we kind of pick up from last week where we have the uh, the funeral for Ariel, and uh, which was actually really 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 sad because you're seeing you have the funeral juxtaposed with, uh, you know the 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 flat the the fallout, which is Ash being released from his quarters. Um, deleting the memories of Ariel and, you know, and the, these personal speeches about, about her. Um, and then the little Star Trek two kind of thing where they shot her out into space, um, really did hit you. Like, it was kind of like, it still was like, Oh, we're still going to go back to that. Fuck. I used, used, you know, last week's episode was really rough. Yeah. And, and this one kind of continued on that where you're thinking like, Okay, we can start off with a new episode. Oh no, they're going to take me back to that, you fuckers. Thanks. You know, um but once we got once they had the funeral and then they moved into um we finally figure out who the red angel is or what the red angel is. Um and we actually we find out rather rapidly. Yeah. Like once the once the episode starts, I feel like and I'm not – it's not a negative, but I feel like they're like, okay, this story needs to wrap up. Yeah. You we, know, we need the, to, and they're like, we need this to get is to what it is. <laughs> we need to get to the end bit. Right. Um, so we find out that the Red Angel is actually Starfleet tech because Starfleet had um, learned, discovered that the Klingons were playing with time. So apparently the Klingons have an infinity stone. 
uh, right. from kind of what I gather. <laughs> you know? They have the time stone. A time stone. And um, it makes a lot of sense, right. to be honest. <laughs> it's tachyons. That's really right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and it's supposed to go into a gauntlet and the, the chancellor would, you know, snap. And yeah, it was. And um, so they they said that they didn't they wanted to do something to counteract that because obviously, you know, they use the idea of, well, a race like warrior race going back to when we're in the primordial soup. And, you know, I like how he tells uh, how he tells Ashes in the room. He's like, no offense. And then Ash is like, none taken. They would do that. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> um. And then it has a D. Um, was it a brainwave pattern? I think it was a brainwave pattern of Michael. It was no. It was a or, like genetic marker. So I don't yeah, know. Yeah. Was, Her genome was essentially there. Yeah. And so they go on the assumption that Michael somehow gets tech that they thought was destroyed, but apparently was taken and has been used going you know forward in time now because obviously. Or backwards in time because they're figuring it's Michael from the future right. uh, coming back to try to set certain things, which kind of starts to make sense when you think, oh, well, it picked Spock where it first appeared to Spock and then, you know, appeared to her and stuff like that with Michael around. So you're kind of like, OK, maybe there's things that they didn't do the first time. Um, what I like in this episode is we're seeing I like the them building on the relationship of Michael and Spock. It's really kind of becoming that brother sister kind of tag especially when yeah. they were examining michael and he's like well she has the propensity for believing that everything evolves around her and you've seen everybody kind of looking you know and she's like thanks spock for sharing that and everybody yeah. kind of gives that like smile like oh shit you know he's totally you know totally digging on her um and uh you know and then the way they're finally working hugh back into the into the uh to the set he's walking around with a suit and shit i know i was like like damn he's looking all slick and shit yeah <laughs> well i expect him with that pimp walk as he walks down the hallway but, that, but is he not is he not a member of the crew yet like well, has he not they, been released for active duty well they said that he hasn't been fully regret um fully uh given back to active duty but right. he put him in there because you know he's a doctor yeah he's still a fucking doctor <laughs> he's still a fucking so. doctor so um so it was it was really interesting to see them deciding that well they de- they figure out that they need to catch her. So now that they know what they're dealing with, they're trying to find a way to capture Michael and find out what's going yeah, on. Yeah, because every time the red angel appears, it's it leaves this wormhole open and bad things can come through it too. Yeah. And that's we're talking about the whole probe that made us all cry last episode. Right. <laughs> And um, so Section 31 is working with uh, working with Discovery to close the wormhole and use a certain field to kind of hold um, hold the Red Angel there and keep it from disappearing. So they're trying to figure out how to catch it. Now, what we also kind of find out is what happened, what actually happened to Michael's parents. And the captain of the Section 31 ship is the reason that her parents are dead. Which I thought was like, okay, here we go. We're finally kind of, you know, wrapping that up where they were actually working for Section 31 and trying to retrieve that time stone. And the Klingons found it and came there and killed them both for it. And she had been carrying this guilt because, you know, her parents said, oh, well, want to change the scenery. She wanted to stay an extra day to watch the, the supernova. And she always believed it was hers. 
And so, rightfully so, she punches the captain of Section 31 in the face twice. Yeah. Um, what I like, though, was that, that interaction with her and Spock afterwards. Well, before we get on to that, I, I do want to give credit to um, the Section 31 dude. He just let that punch happen. Yeah. You know, like he you can tell that when he was telling her, he really did feel guilty about it. Yeah. Like he felt shit. And then when she hit him once, he kind of just waited for the second one. Yeah. Like he didn't even do anything. He didn't try to defend himself or anything. And I, th- I thought that was kind of interesting. It shows it might show to me that that character really isn't out to get them. Like he's he's more because there's been at times people wondering like, oh, is he just some dick? He's got a, a secret agenda he was trying to kill spock like all kinds of right. shit like that but at the same time you, know? you kind of knew he had something because him and pike were friends so right. there had to be something to it he um, had to be a decent human being at some point right but then also too and i was thinking about i was like well he tried to kill spock and then i i was kind of thinking myself i'm like yeah but he also thought spock killed fucking like a bunch of people right you know so it's and weird. we still haven't figured out who put that hologram there yeah, we don't know yet. Yeah, and it's not Section Thirty One because right. half of Section Thirty One died. <laughs> you know, it, but oh no, didn't didn't they pretty much allude that it was the uh, the virus that was doing that? Yeah, well, they alluded to that, but the thing was, they didn't spell it out. They though. didn't spell it out, but also at the same time, you know, um, that that was the virus, but the virus wasn't in control yet. Remember, they oh, said yeah, that's they, true. So who killed the crew? You know, we still haven't solved that whole mystery. Um. But what happens after the fact is <clears throat> Spock meets up with Michael. And and it's funny, too, because he, he immediately kind of starts in on her. Um, and then she turns to him and she's like, Spock, I really don't want to deal with you right now. <laughs> yeah. And um, But I like how Spock says that uh, he was um, he had wished he had been there when she punched... Uh, uh, punched him in the face it would have been most satisfying to watch because <laughs> you got to keep in mind Spock's like this guy wanted to get into my head you know he yeah. wanted to dissect my head so I would have really liked to have been there um, but it's during that conversation that they realize that the red angel was following Michael and the 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 time that it didn't always appear wherever they needed to. The, it appeared when Michael was in danger, which was when it appeared to Spock to tell Spock where Michael was, and when uh, Michael was trapped in that. I think it was the first or second episode where she was trapped on that station. The Red Angel yeah. appeared, and so they started to realize that maybe this they she needed to be in trouble. So they come up with this really insane plan of basically luring uh the red angel to her as she's about to die and i love this too because she's explaining this to philippa and uh pike and philippa is the first person to go are you insane (laughs) and then pike's like no 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 like we're not doing that and um so they figure out that that's going to probably be the only way they're really going to try they're really going to be able to trap it so there's a scene before that where Philippa is in engineering with Stamets, Tilly, and then Hugh walks in. And it's this real uncomfortable situation between Hugh and Stamets because their relationship still hasn't gone anywhere. You know, it's he's left him and, you know, and Stamets has really just heard about it. And then Tilly's trying to cover it up, but 
Philippa just kind of like, you know, like stop it, you know. She's like, I thought you enjoyed, you know, she told Rhett, she goes, Rhett, I thought you enjoyed this kind of stuff. She's like, who raised you? Well, actually, my mom raised me, but she wasn't around a lot. Stop talking, <laughs> which is, I thought what Philippa told Tilly to just stop talking was great. Um, yeah. And then explains, you know, that they all had kind of a relationship together. But my favorite bit was when she called Hugh Boppy. Damn, that was awkward. <laughs> She's like, right, Poppy? Did you just call me Poppy? I was like, wow. That is something I can't unhear, but I'm not I'm okay with that. <laughs> like, yeah. Hearing her call <laughs> calling you Poppy was was pretty awesome. But I've noticed that she has something between those two. Like when when they were on the planet, you know, setting the trap, those two kind of had that awkward moment. And you see Philippa watching them. So she has something. Like there, there's something between those two that she's kind of a keen interest. I guess is what I'm trying to say. She has a keen interest in that. Um, but so they go to the plant, this planet that they can create this uh, shielding that they'll be able to have enough power to create this shielding and vent the building. So then Michael basically would kind of suffocate under the surf, um, under the atmosphere of the planet. Right. Um. And uh, Hughes down there so he can um revive her stamets is down there uh, with spock to set the trap and um spock has this they, they do this and i thought this was great because it reminded me of the original series when michael tells spock what if this doesn't work and then spock just says well then i will be accused of killing a starfleet officer again so you returning would be what did he say would be um you returning would be Oh, I can't remember the word he used, but it basically would be a good thing, you know, and she just kind of looks at him as like good bedside manner. But it's kind of it is something that like Spock would say, because it was something that I think he kind of alluded to when he thought Kirk died. He was like, well, I believe Starfleet would have lost an incredible officer, you know, he trying to cover his emotions to say you right know, to say something. And I mean, if you if you if you're a real Star Trek fan, you've been a fan for a long time. Um, and I don't want to say real Star Trek fan, I mean, just a long time fan, because um, we got a lot of new cats coming in with just Discovery. But uh, Spock did that a lot. Yeah. And, and and it wasn't really it wasn't focused on. It wasn't something like, oh, you're trying to trick us all. He he just did it a lot. Yeah. And you would kind of. But it's also too, to cover he his would emotions. Do, right. And he would cover his emotions more often than other Vulcans. But there were other Vulcans that would do it, too. Like they would kind of be dickish. To kind of cover up that they were upset. Yeah. You know, stuff like that. Um, which, I mean, who doesn't? <laughs> you know. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so um, so they set the trap and they vent the atmosphere into, into it. So Michael's being subjected with no protection, nothing, to the environment. Strapped to a chair. You're seeing her skin starting to burn. She's starting to suffocate. It was rough. Yeah. Like, it was one thing that I was, I, re, I watched that episode twice because I was thinking about it and I'm thinking, God, you know, when you saw acting of that caliber, it was Patrick Stewart. You know, it was, you know, Kate Mulgrew. It was usually like the main captains of there where you would see these guys doing that kind of stuff. But this is like on every level, you know, where you're seeing them really like digging down it's not cheesy it's not over dramatic it, it just was like poignant 
and that watching her go through that and just like you're just kind of like oh my god like that was it was really good but really kind of hard to watch and the reaction that you're seeing of the bridge crew and everybody watching her just looking away and like being distracted by you know what she's doing and stuff like that and especially just after um just after when they lost uh um that other crew member it was really you know you see them like uh tilly kind of gets distracted by what's going on um and then of course we have the tachyon surge (laughs) (laughs) it's always always the fucking tachyons man i know it's like this would be the episode those fucking tachyons (laughs) um and uh they finally capture the the red angel comes in shoots a beam into michael bringing her back and then they capture the red angel and then come to find out that it is Michael's mom. That's the red angel. Right. And that's where it ends. <laughs> Which further, further puts the section 31 leader in a bad light. Cause he just said she died. Right. But they, he also said, we thought that was destroyed by a Klingon attack when that thing happened. Oh so yeah. That's just, so maybe she just got away. Yeah. Maybe she got, maybe she, um, yeah, maybe she's the one that stole it and, you know, thought she had died or what have you, you know, there's Star Trek, anything can happen. Yeah. One thing I <laughs> wanted to mention too, is fucking Saru is a G man. Like the way Saru stepped up to the section 31 yeah. captain when he was, Saru is quickly my favorite. <laughs> Cause it's funny. Like he approaches him. He's like, did Pike send you in here to babysit me? I wanted to observe you for myself. When you put my, you know, my ship and my friends in danger. And then he steps up and he kind of like steps in on him. I'm like, God, like you expect Saru to just like. And the thing is, is, is Saru was so squirrely in the first um, season. season, but he's imposing. Like he's <laughs> yeah. a tall dude. Oh, yeah. You know, see, everyone's always looking up at him like, God damn, like, where's this going? <laughs> yeah. like, we about to get fucked up today. Yeah. When I saw him stand up and like step in on him, I was like, oh, shit. He's like about to he's about to take this motherfucker out. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. But good episode though. Yeah. Very powerful. Uh powerful performances, especially by the the crew. M- Michael immensely. Oh my god, dude. Th- my heart fucking broke when Michael was dying on the st- on the chair. Yeah. Like that 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 and and let's let's give credit where credit is due. So many people have fucked up dying yeah. <laughs> in acting. Like you overdo it or whatever. But she not only was she dying, she was dying in a specific way. Like she was suffocating to death with poison. Right. You know, and, and there's noise going on around her. So it was powerful, man. Like I was like, fuck it. Well, someone just I was mad at Spock. Yeah. I'm like, Spock, get the fuck out of the way. <laughs> I was like, shit. And it's so funny too, because I remember in the first season. When we were first watching the show, one of my biggest hangups was the character of Michael. Mm-hmm. I was like, I don't know how I feel about this chick. Like, it was just weird. But I've grown to really love this fucking character. Yeah. You know, and to see to see that kind of shit, you're like, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah. So looking forward to next week and seeing, um, seeing how this whole thing plays out. Because it looks like, from what I gathered from the previews, the Klingons arrive. It's kind mm. of what, kind of what I, because there's a battle that starts out on the planet, so I don't know what's going on, but we'll and we haven't really seen a Klingon ship next to the Discovery since the war ended. Yeah, you know, so it's, which makes sense; it wouldn't be in the same space. But I want to see that. That's one thing I do miss 
about the new Star Trek is we're we're on one storyline for so long hmm. that I I want I want to see some random shit happen too. You know what I mean? Just yeah. like, oh shit, like we were on our way to this and now it's like it's a Klingon <laughs> shit. Look what are y'all fucking doing. You know, just some kind of weird shit. Like we saw that in season one where we had like yeah. the Harry Mud. My still my f- favorite episode of uh, oh, of so season good. one was that Harry Mud uh time causality loop. Yeah, that was real good. Those, that was a that was a favorite of mine. Um but, yeah. but I don't think we're gonna get that this season. No, they seem pretty tight on on what's going on. But it looks like they may have kind of spaced the story out because I don't really feel them being a lull like we got before. We're on episode 10. Yeah. There's, there's only, what, three episodes left? Three or four. I think there's 14 right. episodes this season. So, you know. Mm. And I'm, I'm completely satisfied with what I'm watching. Oh, yeah. But they did say that they were going to get more into the exploration stuff. And they kind of are. Right. But – it all has the same purpose. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Like yes. you're all doing it. They're not just exploring for the sake of exploring. Right. They're- you know, so <laughs> I think it's going to, it's going to be, um, we have two seasons now where we have a captain that's only going to run for that season. Right. Which I don't know if that's a coincidence or that's something they plan, but I want Saru to sit in the seat. Yeah. I, I think like that he deserves it and he's the shit. And I love when every scene where like shit's popping off, he controls that fucking bridge, bro. Yeah, he's, he's you know? yeah, he's definitely turned into a strong character. The one one little moment that I uh, that I particularly liked from an acting standpoint was when the new officer came on the bridge. Oh yeah, and everybody was kind of everybody like, kind of uh, stopped, and then when they looked, you can kind of see them like kind of getting a little emotional right there. And you're just like, yeah, that that would be it because you have. Then once the captain welcomed her, to the, everybody kind of. Yeah. relax because it's like you got a job to do yeah we got a know? job to do and you know he knows that it's not like you know okay forget about her it's like going no we have a job to do yeah, forget that bitch <laughs> <laughs> who liked her anyway you know <laughs> but could they, i mean you're replacing robo girl with the plainest fucking chick i've ever seen in my life <laughs> skin complexion they look the same <laughs> like white blonde basic i was like all right like is she gonna is she gonna have a speaking role or is mm-hmm. she just because in star trek you don't have a speaking role if you're just shouting out commands and saying yes sir right that doesn't count like is she gonna have some depth or is she just filling a space that's that's what, what i want to know <laughs> i want to know more about um the two chicks in the front yeah uh the navigator and the comms officer well, now we know that she has an augment you know i mean i knew when i looked at her yeah but you know, you're kind of like, well, what the hell was that about? Like, you know, yeah. and then she just mentioned about her augmentation. So it's like, okay. So we're we're finally announcing that, yeah, augmented, you know, augmentation is, is a part of the future. I think that's kind of their low-key way of saying, like, disability. Yeah. Because, unfortunately, when you're doing a movie that's set so far in the future, disabilities of today would be a thing of the past. Right. You know, so you can't – but even though we did see someone in a wheelchair – <laughs> in the background of one episode i don't remember what episode it was um but yeah so i think that's just kind of like how stanley used the x-men to show the race tensions of right. the 60s and 70s like you're kind of just fitting it in that universe but you're trying to tell the same kind of situation right. um, which is which is dope i think yeah. that's great i mean you know the more the merrier as long as the story is good do whatever you want yeah you know, I I don't know why people get bothered by stuff yeah, like that. Just people want, yeah, I don't know. Uh, if you, like if, you can, if you complain, if you're complaining about, you know, oh, feminism in Star Trek or in, racial integration, you never liked Star Trek to begin with. That's exactly. pretty much it. 
you know. And here's my situation too. And when the show was first coming out, like, oh, the lead's a woman. Of course, she's like, why is that a big deal? Yeah. Like, why do we give a fuck? I don't. The Janeway was the lead. Yeah. And oh, now all of a sudden, but, it's she's an Af- issue. but now she's an African American female. Oh, yeah. who fucking cares? I know. Like, what country do you live in? <laughs> like, I walk outside, I see everybody. You know, fucking black, white, you, purple, brown, you know, whatever. And the thing that I always saw uh, that I always saw was um. Oh yeah, you know Trek is going PC. I was like, "What are you talking about? Trek has always been like that." Yeah, like I don't, you know, it's like if you're if always you're, if you're complaining about that, you've never been a fan of Star Trek. Like I you do never a, got it. I do have a major complaint though with Star Trek. Hmm. That new engineer hasn't shown up in the last couple episodes. Yeah, I know. I, I what I, are we doing? I know we need that engineer. <laughs> it's ridiculous. She, she should be in there tape. helping Stamets or something. She should be in there putting duct tape around shit. You know. <laughs> Love, Love it. <laughs> I could fix that with the duct. I could fix that joke with the duct tape. With duct tape. <laughs> so, let's move on to last but not least, Doom Patrol. Yes. Um, I love this show. <laughs> I really do, and uh, and and I'm gonna be honest. I get more excited for Doom Patrol than any of these shows. Um, because I never know what the fuck's gonna happen. <laughs> Like I, it's so fucking zany, you know, and um, we get a lot of Jane in this one and a lot of Rita. Yes, which I like to see I, the I, background of Rita. I like I like getting more. Yeah, that was one of the things I I was like going. I like how we got more of Rita's backstory because she's kind of been like, buried a little bit. Right, and I like how she's getting more depth because we were dangerously getting close to me just not liking her. Yeah. Because she was, she's a bitch, yeah. you know, and I knew why she's a bitch, but you weren't addressing it. So I was kind of like, well, fuck it. She's a bitch. I'm not going to pay attention to her. And I like how yeah. they picked up with Rita waiting to see if, um, the dude from the last, the dude that from the last episode was coming back. Yeah. And then you have, um, and then you have, uh, what's his name? Uh, negative man going, I don't think he's coming back. You know? So this, this episode was sad. <laughs> Um, I know I see in your notes here, uh, that you're tired of Jane being upset with robot man about him killing people. Um, I agree in the sense that she's done some pretty fucked up things too. Right. But I think she's projecting because she's done some pretty fucked up things too. I think that's what's happening. And a lot, and I think with Jane, it's a complex case, right? Because, Jane doesn't like him or no, it's not Jane. It's hammerhead. Hammerhead doesn't like him because he's done some fucked up shit. And hammerhead's the one that does fucked up shit. Well, even Jane has been like all the yeah. versions of her lately have been kind of a dick to him. And, uh, I'm just like, going, come on, let's just kind of get past this already. Like it's, it's kind of annoying because it's just like, you know, it's like at that point, I'd be like, I understand why Robot Man keeps trying to talk to her because it's that whole vision of his daughter kind of thing. But it's at the same time, it's like, okay, let's just get over this already. <laughs> you know, let's yeah. Kind of and I think on. they will. And I think every episode, like, I thought there was a lot of development between them in the last episode. Um, but there was that, you're a fucking monster, right. you know. But she picked his brain up, yeah. brought it outside. You know, so... I think there it's a slow burn, but yeah, I do agree that um, she can't be mad at him forever. Right. You know what I mean? So it's it's kind of uh, we got to see what's going to happen here. And then we um, got the old Doom Patrol. 
the old Doom Patrol. So fucking sad. But that was such um, an interesting like story. Yeah, like that. It's whole- something I haven't really seen before. Yeah, you know, and and I was I was really interested with that. But the yeah. uh, let's start <laughs> let's start at the beginning. It's hard with Doom Patrol sometimes because yeah. even uh, the beginning's not really the beginning. Right. So they go to the um, negative negative. Not no, Mister Nobody. Yeah. Uh, he planted the idea in Jane's head long ago. That she needs to go find um, Doom Patrol, which was kind of weird because I was like, I thought they were Doom Patrol. So that kind of added another layer one, to it. One thing I realized when I was doing that is that like the Guardians of the Galaxy in the comics, there was a different Doom Patrol before. Right. Yeah. So they go to this what looks like Xavier <laughs> School for Gifted Youth, basically. <laughs> right. Um, and Jane comes up and they're throwing fireballs and shit. And she's, <laughs> I love how she was getting pissed off. <laughs> like, hey, kids, you want to see what your teacher's insides look like? <laughs> <laughs> um, and you see two two girls like teaching – or two women, I'm sorry, teaching a group of children how to control your power. What you would see at the at X-Men school. The X-Men you know, the same school. shit. Doctor comes – some dude comes out and he's – I recognize him too. Yeah, he's, um, he's I, I know I've seen him somewhere before. I can't place it. But he, he comes out and he knows Jane. And then I'm going to let you take it. I'm, I'm already confused. <laughs> I'm forgetting exactly what happens after this point. Well, what happens is is that he brings him inside. Uh, well, he the doctor is going to talk with Jane and uh, Negative Man. Uh, Rita decides to just kind of sit off to the side. Um, and they actually, what happened actually before, before we get to that point, um, you see, they, yeah, they get confused. (laughs) Um, what happens is Jane talks, asks about the original doom patrol and nobody has any fucking clue except for Rita. Right. And Rita reveals that she had uh, a romantic relationship with one of them. Um, for a short time and then that was it and she was just like well you need to tell me everything she didn't know much but she knew the picture and um, that's cool and then Rita gets annoyed because Cyborg and Robot Man are kind of having a a thing going on so she just takes both Negative Man and Rita and then just teleports to to that school so when she decides that she's just going to sit in the garden and kind of do whatever. So they go inside and she starts to, um, starts to talk, um, asks him questions about the school. And apparently according to the doctor, it ins- he insinuates that Jane had been there before, but Jane doesn't remember at least a different version of Jane yeah. had been there before. And, um, she asks about Mr. Nobody, s- so he decides to talk to her, but convinces the um, one of the other, uh, I guess, teachers uh, to give Negative Man a, a tour of the um, complex. Yeah, she goes, no, enjoy yourself. Take pictures. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like she's angry because – and I've noticed with Jane, and we're, I'm talking specifically about Jane, the personality. Anytime someone isn't being forthcoming – it's like she's going. That's enough. Yeah. Like you need to hurry up with the fucking info. Yeah. She's, like she, she has, she's on a timer. <laughs> she has no patience for people's fucking bullshit. Right. And so you know he's be- the doctor talks to Jane is being very evasive 
about everything. And they all, you know, she asks, you know, about Mr. Nobody and so does, um, and so does Negative Man. And Rita ends up bumping into, um, I can't remember his name, but the, the, I guess he was the leader of the Doom Patrol back in the day. I don't remember his name either. And uh, he's the one with, with like psychic abilities. Yeah. He's like Professor X in a lot of ways. Just, yeah, he has hair and can walk. Um, <laughs> too soon. Uh, <laughs> and he though, oh, yeah. you know, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, anyway, uh, she helped her. She, she, he helped her. Helped Rita have some control over her um, her abilities to try to how she can relax and keep her form. And he eventually judged her, which they kind of stayed vague on. They didn't really explain. No, they explained it in that flashback sequence well, yeah, later in on. That flashback, but I don't know who oh, she what, was. Oh, what, what specifically what, happened with yeah, the woman? What it was about, why yeah. she had slit her wrists and whatever. But he had judged her by that and and left her. And as it goes, you know, they're talking about Mr. Nobody, and he's like, well, they beat him the last time. And, you know, like, well, how did they beat him? Well, it depends on who you ask. So each of them are telling the story slightly different. Yeah, and that Mister Nobody came down, turned all the policemen into pinatas, and people were going crazy because of was a Perry Como music or something like that. Oh, it was actually fucking horrifying. Like, <laughs> so at first, it's a, it was a Stephen were, King moment. Like, it was, yeah, <laughs> like there was there was a hot air balloon that looked like a butt, <laughs> and then it had a um, it had a jukebox on it. It was just playing one song over and over again, and it made the whole crowd go mad. And then it, really horrific, and you miss it if you're not paying attention. But the cops come. And then the cops turn into pinatas, and then all the people beat the pinatas and ate the candy inside, right. which is fine. But then you see a little kid with red smeared all over his face right. eating candy, and you realize they ate the people. Yeah, and it was gross. <laughs> and and they kind of allude that they had won. And then once they mention that they won, shit starts getting weird. Um, suddenly this vibrant, you know, well-maintained house becomes dingy, unkept, and, um, and, and dirty. And then, you know, Jane was like, what's going on? He's like, oh, it looks like we're having an issue. And then all of a sudden, all these knives get thrown at a door. (laughs) And, And people are starting to kind of lose it. So what we find out as you go through is that, um... And one of them was supposed to be married to Niles and Niles actually comes in in the wheelchair, even though the episode prior we saw that he was walking and he doesn't even acknowledge negative man. Like, and negative man's like, what are you doing here? And he's just like ignoring him. And, you know, and so everybody starts realizing shit's getting weird. And then eventually you find that they lost they actually lost their fight to Mr. Nobody. Mr. Nobody got into their each of their heads and fucked them up. And the vision that you had was that uh again I forget his name, but the the, the man with the psychic powers maintained that illusion that they were fine, that they won, that everything was good, but they didn't. They lost hardcore. And that the school was actually a uh, projection of, you know, of of a life, 
you know, gave them something to do, even though there was no school, there was no kids. And Jane starts to learn a very like big thing about Niles because she kind of held Niles in a high regard, you know, like he was caring because he did, you know, save her from that hospital and stuff like that. But now she's learning that, you know, they created doom, this doom patrol for the military. And then she says like, does he ever come back? And it's like, mm, sometimes. And she starts to realize that he abandoned them. Yeah. So it kind of starts to fuck with her a little bit, but then, you know, the doctor tells her, it's like, you know, um, find them. You know, this is what happens when he gets into the head, and it's like he's doing this because he doesn't want you to look for look for Niles and him. But that's what was said in the beginning when they all got sucked into the donkey. You know, he's like, stop looking for Niles. And it was like, yeah, because obviously Mr. Nobody is really kind of fearful of them. So, you know, yeah, but why though? And, and that's that's what I want to know. Why is he so fearful of this Doom Patrol? Right. When he dispatched the old one so easily, but the old one was also and and it's kind of funny when. But the the original Doom Patrol, even though the other guys aren't calling themselves the Doom Patrol, but the the older ones, they're they're very much a seventies superhero group. Yeah. You know, hands on the hips kind of shit. And, right. You know, stuff like that. And um, it was sad because you could tell that everything always worked out for them and they fought for the right reasons and then they just got twisted. Yeah. You know, and um, it was really fucking depressing. And it was funny, too, because um, uh, the psychic dude kept fucking with the people in the house and um, Jane was – like puzzle pieces started falling out of a cabinet. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then the whole, the joint just was full of puzzle pieces. He's running away from it. And then Megan and, man's trying to run. Then he's like, okay, it's okay. We're just in the shining. <laughs> right. Um, and then, uh, once the puzzle pieces stop, cause so negative man sees like his old, um, either commanding officer or something. Yeah. Um, and he's, he's basically showing how it's, they're trying, the dude's preying on everybody's weaknesses and, and their fears and stuff like that. Um, the shining. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the entity inside negative man leaves him and immediately goes to the psychic dude and takes his helmet off. Cause his right. helmet is like an amplifier right. and he takes that off and then everything goes like back to what reality is. So you get the dingy house, but there aren't puzzle pieces everywhere and stuff like that. And, um, Jane stands up and, uh, she sees that there's locks, there's padlocks on the outside of the door. And that's kind of like, we were like, Oh fuck, you know what's going on? So then they catch back up with the doctor. The doctor's fine. Yeah. We also found out that he had powers, but they never said. He just said he didn't like he didn't, using he them. Yeah, he doesn't use them. But one of the things I thought was interesting is with Rita, Rita took a very big step where she had essentially said that she that her regrets and her past owned her, but not anymore. And she leans over to the, the, the guy with the telepathic powers and says that she forgives him. Yeah, she's definitely growing as a person. Um, and she did say she still thinks she still feels she deserves to be punished for her past, but she's moving forward. And I think that's what 
that character has lacked depth, not because of poor writing, but because it's when a human being lacks depth because you're so focused on putting this good face on for everybody. Yeah. And you're hiding what's really going on that you have no substance. You know, it's just a kind of a, you're just a blank slate of whatever, you know what I mean? It's almost like social media, like what people show on social media. And, um, we're starting to see the real her. And we saw that little, that little flashback scene when, um, she was in, you know, it was back in 56 or 58. And, um, she went in to go be, you know, she's went in there and said, I, you need to have me as a star as your, as your next movie and blah, blah, blah. And she's talking to this big bloom, bloom. Yeah. She's on the cat's couch with this dude named bloom. He running the, um, production company. And he he basically told the flowers like your star your star don't shines about or concrete shines brighter than your star, <laughs> you know like fucking dick. And then he kind of pats on his lap, and she does it like she's just like okay, and she sits on his lap. He's like you know tell me how, uh, how much you how far you'll go for fame blah blah blah. It's a real piece of shit. And um, she turns into, you know the blob, right. and suffocates him. And then the uh, the receptionist comes in and goes, "Oh, the bastard had a heart attack. Like, you were never here." Yeah, and it, I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah, you know there was um, no love lost there. <laughs> yeah, she was like, "Fuck that piece of shit," you yeah. know. Um, but we start to see that we start to see the past, and we get the glimpse into the um, some woman straight up slit her fucking arms. Yeah. I don't know why. Yeah, and we know that the psychic dude found that out back in the day when they were fucking. Because he found it in her memories and he completely was like, you're fucking twisted and walked out. Yeah. So, but she doesn't have powers to, of influence. So I don't know. Maybe it was someone that was like following her or something like that. And she was mean to her. So I don't know. There was a B storyline with Cyborg and Robot Man, which was, which was kind of funny because they were kind of giving each other shit because Robot Man found his daughter on face hole. Which I thought was a great name. Yeah, face <laughs> And wanted to goes well. Can't you just like hack into that? And cyborg, what didn't really feel comfortable with that. And then, uh, so cyborg's dad was coming down, was going to help repair cyborg, and he was like trying. He cyborg convinces, tries to convince Robot Man to, you know, he goes, "I'm going to be off, and so I want you to see what he does." You know, and then he's like, so that means you would owe me something, would you? <laughs> so he kind of does that. So uh, when uh, when uh, Cyborg's dad um, comes over, he uh, he turns off uh, Cyborg and then notices that there's a, you know, something wrong with Robot Man. So he fixes them and they start talking and he realizes that Cyborg's dad is kind of a dick, you know, and he's like. You know, then he's like, you know, your son's kind of a hero. Like a lot of this shit is because of him, you know. And he's like, if you stop being a fuck knuckle, yeah, you know, I, I roll because I was like a fuck knuckle. <laughs> what the? Well, but then, um, the doctor or the scientist dude, he goes, "What? What do you know about almost losing a kid?" And he he, fu- Robot Man wasn't playing that shit. Yeah. He was like, I know quite a fucking lot. Yeah. You know, and he he kind of he kind of uh, told him to stop being a judgmental fucking asshole and walked out. And you can tell that the the dad softened a bit. Yeah. But he also stole some information. And um, 
we see him with a USB drive. But Cyborg was slick. I could tell that his eyes went to it. Like he saw it. Yeah. When he was putting the laptop away, and then he gave his dad a hug, and he he fucking <laughs> lifted that shit out of his pocket. Exactly. But it didn't show. It showed him accessing it, but it didn't show him. It didn't show us what was on it. Which we might find later on. Oh, of course. You know, yeah. I I can already tell this is one of those shows. Yeah. <laughs> you know that you're like, hey, look, ah, never mind. <laughs> like fucking. <laughs> um. But, great episode though. Yeah. But it, yeah, Doom Patrol is is actually a really good series. If you guys aren't watching, you really should check it out. Um, if you don't want to pay, I mean, to be honest, you know, it wouldn't be it. It's not. It's what eight bucks or seven. Eight bucks. bucks eight bucks yeah. a month. It's eight bucks, and you get all their shows, and they got more shows coming on later later this year. Not to mention all the back catalog stuff. You get all the old animated, all the animated movies and DC animated. If you haven't seen those, get oh, yeah. get up on fucking game because they're they're amazing. They're um, not for kids kind of shit. Yeah. Um, all the old cartoons, Justice League, Justice League Unlimited, the Batman animated series, um, a lot of old movies as well, Superman movies, stuff the like old that. Live action TV series. The old the old um, live action TV series and also. Not as many as I would like, but quite a bit of comic books, um, especially focused around the, the TV series. Like they have Doom Patrol books on there. Um, and I, I've not had one issue on the phone or the computer with streaming or anything like that. They also have some extra stuff like um, they have DC Daily, oh, which yeah, is yeah. like an hour long show. Yeah, and I noticed it, that. I was like, oh, damn, that's a long show. And there's some stuff in there that kind of whatever, like um, – I'll put it on. It's one of those things like they they tell the news, but it's a it's a daily show. <laughs> you know what I mean? Attack of so, the show. Yeah, basically. So sometimes the news is whatever, but I'll watch the news. But then they'll do little segments. Like one of them was uh, they'll have actors from the shows or artists or whatever come on, and they like dramatically read the comic books. And it shows the panels. And I mean, yeah, it's ultra nerdy, but I fucking dig it. Like I thought it was cool. Like. The, um, it, it is really, actually, I actually haven't watched DC daily in a while. I kind of forgot about it. Um, but we, I do, I post some of the, on, um, on some of the playlists, I do put on some of the DC daily playlists, um, yeah. segments on the playlist. So you guys can go and check those out because they it's have really, like John Cryer on there. Cause he's playing Lex Luthor and Supergirl right now. Um, yeah, you get and, some inside interviews yeah. and, um, Stuff like that. Like I'm gonna, I'm actually same thing, gonna with, go. same thing with Marvel. I have um they have some of the Marvel stuff where they, you know, have oh we're gonna discuss these comic books or these series or the, you know we're gonna have these artists or writers on there. That's also on the on our YouTube channel, so you should so check them out. I'm on the thing right now, but they also have community. Like they have a message board and um a whole forum and you know stuff like that. You can talk to fucking DC nerds about DC nerd shit. Um, they have, what kind of shows do they have on here? Like, well, they're focusing a lot on Doom Patrol because that's their current show. So that's right right on the top. Like the old Wonder Woman series, the The old old Shazam, uh, remastered in HD. I think it's a cartoon. I'm not sure. The Shazam? Um, Yeah. I think that's live action. Oh, okay. (laughs) All the Batman movies. Um, I don't know if they have the new, new Batman movies, but they have the older ones. And, um, Ooh, Batman Shanghai. That's a short, it's fucking dope too. <laughs> but yeah, there's a lot of shit on here. Um, I suggest it. I mean, if you're, if you're a comic book fan, especially if you're a DC fan, I mean, it's, it's kind of a no brainer. It's eight bucks, you know, and the, the shows they're putting on it are, are very high quality. Titans, Titans takes a couple episodes to, yeah. to warm up, but 
um, really good shows. And they have um, real quick before we move on from this, since we might want to talk about other things. Yeah. Um, I'm just going to see the uh, the release calendar to, to say what's coming on uh, this year. There we go. So come on, Jesus Christ. So Titans, Young Justice, Doom. So Young Justice is another show, and that that's on. You can watch that now. Um, when Doom, it's kind of slick. They have things like start right when something ends. So when Doom Patrol ends, which is at the end of May, uh, the second season of Young Justice comes up, and Swamp Thing. Oh yeah, that's uh, right. Will start. Um, Swamp Thing ends in September, and Star Girl starts up. And then halfway through Star Girl, the new animated Harley Quinn um, show starts up. So a lot of content coming out. Um, I mean, this isn't really a fucking commercial. I'm just saying, <laughs> you know, peep it out. This episode brought to you by <laughs> DC Comics. <laughs> well, it's usually brought to you by fucking Marvel, right? So or EA well, or EA, yeah. <laughs> oh man! All right. So on that note. Why don't you take us into some headlines? Okay. Okay. So, <laughs> um, Australia don't play. That's true. <laughs> that's serious. Um, no, you were going to say something? Oh, no. I just said that's serious. <laughs> oh, right. Internet service providers in Australia have temporarily blocked access to dozens of websites, including 4chan and 8chan. Good. Which uh, you should. I didn't got to just fucking dumpster fires, yeah. dude. Just The world never, should outlaw them in general. I've never been to 8chan. But I have been to 4chan I think three times in my life. Mm. One of those times was the one and only time I reported a website for child pornography. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, it, it was it, – it wasn't even a thread about pornography. It was about something else and I just kept scrolling and then – That was the first all, mistake. <laughs> all of a sudden it was – it ain't even funny, bro. I don't even want to talk about it. Like I fucking straight up reported that shit that bad for two reasons. One, because it's wrong and one – I need anyone looking at my history. Right. <laughs> like I'm gonna be I'm gonna be the dude that reported it. Yeah. You know, it's fucking gross, dude. But yeah, I think there's something about 4chan that it doesn't save. Like they purge their records or something. That's what I've heard, but I don't know. <laughs> anyway, this isn't about 4chan. Um that hosted video of last week's New Zealand uh, mass shooting, 4chan 8chan. Um, New Zealand ISPs have also been blocking websites that host the video. In Australia, ISP Vodafone said that blocking requests generally come from courts or law enforcement agencies, but that this time ISPs acted on their own. Um, this was an extreme case, which we think requires an extraordinary um, response, Vodafone uh, Australia said in a statement. Vodafone is a very big company, by the way. You might not be familiar with them. They're, they're basically fucking um, – Comcast. Yeah. You know, they're they're pretty big. According to an Australian Associated Press AAP uh, article last week, um, Tel- Telstra and Optus, I have no idea who the fuck they are, also blocked the sites in Australia. Um, besides 4chan and 8chan, ISP level blocking affected the social networker network um, vote. Let me get closer to my screen because I'm getting old. <laughs> <laughs> um, the social network vote, Voat? Voat? Yeah, Voat. Um, the blog Zero Hedge, video hosting site LiveLeak, um, and others. The ban on 4chan was lifted a few hours later. AAP wrote, the ISPs are facing some government um, pressure, though. Uh, Australia Prime Minister Scott Morrison called Testra, Optus, and Vodafone to a meeting to discuss why ways to prevent distribution and live streaming of violent videos. 
financial review wrote. That's funny because it was on Facebook. Nobody gives a fuck about that. Right. Whatever. Well, no, it was um, also – no, but see, like Facebook caught a lot of it. So did YouTube. But the thing is is that uh, other um, other sites were were still uploading and holding it. Oh, they just didn't give a fuck. Yeah. So – um fuck i lost my place talking shit um (laughs) the website the website blocking is temporary and expected to be lifted when video of the attack is removed according to guardian australia facebook and twitter weren't blocked um because they are taking active i should i spoke too soon is what happened (laughs) taking active steps um of their own to remove the material from their pages facebook has removed at least 1.5 million videos of the attack from its website still LiveLeak was blocked even though it took copies of the video off its platform. Um, New Zealand ISPs took a similar approach. The, the country's main internet service providers, Spark, Vodafone, Focus, and Two Degrees, it's weird fucking names, are, <laughs> blocking, <New> <laughs> are blocking any website which has footage of the Friday um, 15 March uh, Christchurch mosque shooting. Um, CIO New Zealand um, wrote on Sunday. The ISPs agree to work together to identify and block access at the DNS level um, to such online locations, such as 4chan and 8chan, according to a bleeping computer article on Saturday. This is an unprecedented move by the telecommunications industry, but one that they all agree is necessary. New Zealand Telecommunications Forum Chief Executive um, Jeff Thorne. Uh, yeah, it's Geoff, <laughs> but I was trying to be nice, you know. Um, according to CIO, um, the industry is working together to ensure this harmful content can't be viewed by New Zealanders. Um, Thorne, and, and you got to think, you got to think here too. I'll say this last bit, and then I'll say what, what I want to say. Thorne acknowledged that. There is the risk that some sites that have legitimate content could have been mistakenly blacklisted, but this will be rectified as soon as possible. So you have to think in some ex- – at some level, it's almost impossible nowadays to completely block um, content like that. Oh, yeah. These things move so quick. The The only really reason or the only way you'd be able to do it is if every video being uploaded was screened first. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't know. Because even Facebook, like... Well, yeah, um, Facebook was saying that it it uh, deleted one over a million, almost a million and a half um, uploads of the video. They said a lot, a lot of those were deleted on the upload so they like they never even officially posted yeah um youtube um i did a there's a piece on the site that talks about youtube doesn't even have a number they just said an unprecedented amount of videos were deleted on the upload they said a lot of them were containing alterations to try to bypass the security um the security stuff but they managed to get a lot of it but they said that they were i think they said every 90 seconds a version of it was being uploaded mm-hmm. at one point and i and i don't believe that it's all a bunch of sick twisted people that are doing it there, there's a morbid curiosity mm-hmm. when it comes to stuff like that and i think because it's so far away you become detached you know and it's it's not it's a big deal but it's not as big of a deal for a lot of especially young people who don't who don't really have any perspective on fucking life right. you know they're like oh whatever it's just it's happening far away 
It's like, yeah, but I mean, those are human beings, especially New Zealand. Fucking New Zealand is like the nice, one of the nicest countries in the world. I know. And you, you, know, you know, and and within 10 days, they ban assault weapons. A big ups, dude. Yeah. And I'm, I'm going to tell you like that, that prime minister don't fuck around. No shit. That's a and leader. She's, she's the that's youngest. A, that's a leader right there. Right. She's the youngest prime minister slash president yeah. of all time. Not New Zealand. Like we're not talking kings and queens because that right. doesn't count. Right. <laughs> but elected, you know, elected in, and um, you know, another big ups, not just to her, but to Egg Boy. Uh, big ups to to Egg Boy who uh, who s- crushed the egg on the head of a of a oh, Austra- yeah, a, Australian politician who said that the, Im- the reason this happened was because of immigrants. But then. In, in, and I know this is stereotypical, but in Australian fashion, he turned around and punched that kid in the fucking face. Yeah, I know. But it's funny, too, because he's a, he's a kid, and it, they had three of his goons holding him down on the ground. Yeah. And it's like, going, really? Like, really, dude? You know, you need that? That dude's, in, that dude's a fucking, looks like a fucking asshole. Oh, he is an asshole from what I've, what I've been reading about him. He's and that's the prime minister of um, no, Australia? No, he's one of the, he's, he's like their version of like a senator or something like that. Oh, okay, okay. Um, and uh but yeah so he did that and now like fucking dick they started a gofundme page for the kid to help pay his legal <laughs> bills musicians Great. over there were like hey put me in touch with him because if he likes our if he likes our group we'll give him free tickets for life and like so like everybody's out supporting him because that guy's a dick the other guy's a dick yeah fuck him but um but yeah i mean fucking new zealand like you know i see this and i'm just like oh my god this is ridiculous like you know, but big ups to them for taking, you know, a responsible yeah. approach with you would never see here because you would have so many people going, it violates our freedom of speech. No, you know what it is, is that we have Teamsters. We have people that are greasing palms in the background. And and when you don't, first of all, one thing that New Zealand has going for is its size. It's easier to to crush um uh, to stomp out fucking corruption. Yeah. When you don't have so much fucking people to deal <laughs> with, you know what I mean? And, and I, I think that, um, we just need to get rid of the fucking, the money coming from companies. It shouldn't oh, be yeah. allowed. Oh yeah. You know, but you know, money's everything here. Yeah. So, well, it seems that Facebook can't catch a break, but in all respects, are they even trying? Because uh, they should be, especially since they're an IPO and every mistake hurts their stock prices. Facebook passwords are the issues now. Facebook passwords were stored for hundreds of millions of users in plain text, exposing them for years to anyone who had internal access to the files, according to Krebs on security. User passwords are typically protected with encryption and a process known as hashing. But a string of errors led Facebook-branded apps to leave passwords accessible to as many as 20,000 company employees. Be- between 200 million and 600 million users, Facebook passwords are believed to have been affected, according to Krebs, which first reported the security flaw. Facebook confirmed the issue in a blog post titled, Keeping Passwords Secure, and it said that the company identified the problem in January as part of a security review. Facebook said it fixed the issue and will notify anyone affected. Now, according to Facebook, there's no evidence that plain text passwords were exposed outside of the company or that they were abused internally. As a result, users won't be required to reset passwords 
The issue impacted, quote, hundreds of millions of Facebook light users, tens of millions of other Facebook users, and tens of thousands of Instagram users, the company says. Although there is no evidence no evidence of abuse, at least 2,000 Facebook employees searched through the files containing passwords, though it's not clear what for. The, pass the password logging reportedly started as early as 2012. This is the latest in a string of bad security issues for Facebook. In October, a hacker was able to access personal information from 29 million accounts after stealing login tokens. Before that, hacked pr private messages from 81,000 users were found to have been put up for sale, and none of that is including the wide-scale improper data sharing issues that kicked off the Cambridge Analytica and started putting real pressure on the company to change its practices. Yeah. Well, we can't say I'm not fucking surprised, yeah, to be honest with you. I know. You know? It's, like, it's like they are the epitome of I don't give a fuck. I mean, Actually, I closed my Facebook account still doesn't mean anything but you know no it doesn't mean anything to me i just i wasn't using it so I mean, why the I, fuck did i have it i mean i don't i don't have any i haven't noticed anything you know weird on my facebook you know but no and fixing fixing that problem is simply changing your password right you know it's it's whatever it just shows that that company doesn't give a fuck yeah you know and i mean you're running the largest social media um network on the planet and you store your passwords in plain text, right? <laughs> like, what are you doing? You know, yeah. it's it's kind of it, that's all, that's kind of embarrassing. I mean, what do you think you are, MySpace? <laughs> right, well, MySpace <laughs> probably does too. Nobody yeah. gives a shit, and nobody uses it, so it's like, right. hey, you know, we found um on the the MySpace login that our passwords are in plain text. Who fucking uses it? How many yeah. passwords are on there? And no one's oh, yeah, gonna that, no good, one's gonna hack your MySpace account, dude. <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah, don't worry. By the way, how many passwords did you see on there? Yeah, you know that's a good point. <laughs> it's just right. the admin password. It's <laughs> all right. <laughs> you don't have to be disrespectful, you know. <laughs> hey, I'm just trying to let you know you gotta be that's a dick sweet. about it. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! All right, so an hour and thirty six in. Uh, our main story this week. <laughs> <laughs> Are you telling me that? Or? <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling everybody this. Okay. <laughs> um, this week at the Gamer Development Conference, Google stole the show. Streaming games are, is an ideal, has been an ideal since the inception of Netflix's streaming option. Sony has one, of their, one for their PlayStation 4, but it's pretty shitty. They require a huge amount of bandwidth, and their selection of games is also kind of shitty. Microsoft has been working on their own, which expected to be announced at E3, but nothing on the books for it. Google comes along and announces Stadia a streaming gaming service that will allow you to play AAA games via your Chrome browser through your desktop or laptop to your Android device, phone or tablet, to your TV via Chromecast. They promise low latency, high-end graphics regardless of your device's setup with no download required. It is the wet dream of gaming, game streaming. If this turns out to be reality, this will apply so much pressure on console developers to step their A game up or lose out to Google. So, uh, first off, I gotta say, I didn't see their uh, their GDC thing live, but this is a message to Google. If you are showing the video on your YouTube channel, could you please delete the first 16 minutes of just their fucking image that's just 
my god that fucking graphic that was playing? that is notorious oh for everything for twitch too so yeah. twitch it makes sense for live events right, right. so any anytime you but watch something but when you have the replay can't somebody yeah. go in there and just like okay let's scrub that's like the up easiest to edit yeah. pay me some money i'll do it <laughs> right <laughs> like it's ridiculous but yeah i 100 percent agree with you like um i'll watch i watch a lot of replays of some twitch stuff uh from people that i like and i'll have to i'll sit there and i gotta scrub the video yeah. to find when it actually starts <laughs> um so this new service is interesting yeah and in that this works it's fucking balls right crazy. if 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 you wanted a definition for something that's like this is the mod this is the new modern of gaming this kind of fits the bill. I don't think it would completely replace consoles and, and buying games and stuff like that. But, um, you know, cause not everybody's going to have good internet. Right. Um, but I'm going to read this little bit. I'm, I'm on a games game spot article that has a full breakdown and some couple interesting bits on it. Um, Stadia is built around the natural advantage of being a streaming platform. For example, Google showed seamless switching between various devices, similar to Nintendo Switch's uh, different play modes. This also means that games can be played at high fidelity regardless of the device. At launch, it will stream in 4K at 60 frames per second with surround sound and HDR support. And in the future, Google is planning to support 8K resolution and frame rates upward to 120 frames per second. Um since the actual rendering is being done through a server farm, developers are encouraged to take advantage of the extra processing power. One tech demo showed real-time destructible environments. Another showed a multiplayer game that fed uh, several video feeds into a single-player stream because of how Stadia is built. Google has um, emph- emphatically uh, stated it won't allow offline downloads. Doing so would compromise the company's vision. So... The way it works, and it was kind of interesting to watch. So these instances are being played on the server, obviously. Mm-hmm. So they they made a mention of how couch co op has gone has been dying, and I miss those they, days. huh? I kind of miss those days. I do too. <laughs> and and they they gave a, the perfectly sound reason of the developers are pushing the consoles to the limit. So they can't – the processor can't handle rendering two different – it's almost like playing the game twice. Right. So with this technology, couch co-op would make a comeback because it's not a single machine playing it. And it kind of showed how not only did you have multiple people playing, but if you were in a squad-based game, you could pull up. You could vo- – it has voice command, by the way, with Google Assistant. Of course it does. Course. You can verbally pull up their screen and see what they're seeing right. and have that up in the corner. It was some real futuristic yeah, shit. There was you also know, the, it was fucking dope. There was also the uh, the command and control kind of idea where somebody could actually set up like Overwatch everybody. And then like if they want the team to meet up in a certain spot, that person that's doing the Overwatch can – you know, throw a beacon down and then everybody knows where to go and he can watch every, where everybody's going. And it was, it was very interesting, um, with that. Um, also the, the whole concept of not being limited by the console, because that's always something you hear when you, especially when you're dealing with rockstar games, like right. they always push the consoles to limit, like LA Noir pushed the PlayStation three to its limit. Um, Red Dead Redemption 2 pushing the PlayStation 4 to its limit and they're saying it doesn't matter what you know you don't have to dumb down your imagination because the servers are going to be built for you 
Exactly. And that was and that's why they announced it at the developers conference, because they're they're talking to developers. So if you're watching this, you're kind of seeing like, holy shit, like they can actually, you know, create something that you can build. So they'll they'll do it for you. They'll build it for you. And then you can send it out there. I love the idea of not downloading, because like when they they when he said when they said, uh, yeah, what's the first thing you have to do when you when you get a game, you have to download it. And it's like and that's even true with the console games because it you know it it rips everything from the thing you know and stores it on there so you put in the game and you're off make dinner make lunch whatever you know make a phone call play a football game come back it's about 70 percent downloaded you know by that time and uh and yeah you're also limited to your the graphics card and all of that shit but i i it kind of makes sense that google will be doing this because their servers are kind of everywhere they kind of, and they explained it too. Yeah. They said that they they have the largest um, online infrastructure which, on the planet, which would make sense why like somebody like Microsoft and Sony would have a difficult time catching up with that. Yeah, because, because they don't. Yeah, because you so have latency it, issues. It's Google, and I think the other is Amazon. I think those are the two biggest like actual physical infrastru- infrastructures. Um, but you know, I could be wrong on that. Um, two things I wanted to talk about uh, were two features of this service called State Share and CrowdPlay. Oh, yeah. um, the, these two things kind of blew my mind. So, CrowdPlay. So let's let's pull, pull it back a little bit. Google owns YouTube. Um, <laughs> so they're, In case they're putting you didn't a, know, <laughs> right? So every stream that you have of a game, so the stream's coming to you. There's a there's another stream happening on top of that it's a slightly lower resolution but that can be fed directly to youtube for live um live play right so for streaming obviously i don't think they're going to work with twitch but <laughs> it goes right to youtube gaming you can you can show that off and you can talk in real time with everybody you know we we know what streaming games is um but crowd play and state share are two things that kind of change the game so crowd play um lets the streamer form a queue um where the people watching them can actually sign can can line up to play with him or play against him in that particular game in real time. So if like if Steve is fucking um, streaming um, Mortal Kombat 11 when it drops, you know whatever whatever, he can form a queue of of his own viewers that want to fight with him that want to play with him. First would be thought, Adam. For for second and third, just to, you know, <laughs> just to teach him what's up. You know what I mean? It is what it is. Uh, but the state share was the one that really fucked me up. Yeah. Okay, so state share. It's even it's hard to explain. It is so let's say, it's like it was even kind of like, am I understanding this right? <laughs> right. Is this real? Um, <laughs> the future is so, now, people. <laughs> let's say you're playing. Um, I don't know if it's going to work with these particular games, but this is the feature. Let's say let's say you're playing uh, Grand Theft Auto Five, um, and you do a fucking um, you do like a race in a certain amount of time or whatever. You can record that state that 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 you did, and then your friends or whoever have to compete against it. So you're basically creating your own time trials. You're creating your own challenges within the game. It's and, like a and, Mario Maker for yeah, yeah like for ba- like you're not game. you're not actually making a level, but you're you're doing something in a game and then going, "Ha! Look what I just did! I bet you can't do that." Right. 
it's fucking it blew my fucking yeah, mind I like i was that, like what I was, the fuck i know when i saw that i was like am i understanding that right like <laughs> like and that shit we've all done in gaming isn't it mm-hmm. like i would do something if i was sitting next to steve and i did something in a game i bet you you can't find, i put a dollar on a table you can't do that you yeah. know so now we can do that digitally and it, i like the fact that it, you know that if you're watching it on youtube and you're seeing a game you can just you know you got you get that notification of hey they're playing this you want to play it and it, it really kind of does, and I like the way they talked about it, the way they mentioned it too, is that it integrates gamers, viewers, and developers. Yeah. And it really kind of gives everybody, it's like going, hey, if you want to view it, go ahead and view it. But do you want to play it? Go ahead. You know, it's right there. Now, there was one piece, there was one article that I had read, and it was kind Oh, of- yeah, because it was... Uh- they were they were using um, Odyssey as an example yeah. where they were watching the YouTube trailer for Odyssey and then there was a Stadia like button next to it yeah. where you could hit play and then he was immediately playing the game. And one thing said like, oh, congratulations, we now will not own games anymore, physical games anymore. And it's like – We don't now. Yeah, we kind of don't now. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's like, yeah, we do buy them and stuff like that and you know, sometimes I'll buy them. But a lot of times you're going to get good deals on them anyway and uh, – the way the consoles are made up now, it's like, you know, you don't need physical games anymore because it just rips the game and then that's pretty much it. You yeah. Know, the game is the key. The discs, the, yeah, the discs are keys yeah. for you to play. So they, they're almost fucking useless anyway. And honestly, this is one of those things that, yeah, we don't own the physical copy anymore. But the benefits, you know what I mean? Like it's just – like I have the, uh, the Switch now. And I, I was like, I'm just going to buy physical games. And, and I do still because the, you can find them cheaper and stuff. But Nintendo has some pretty fucking dope deals. Yeah. And then like having it just on my console is good. Like I don't know. I don't think it's an evil thing to, to, to move into this new technology. You have Google where this kind of thing where it's like, okay, developers, this is the max settings of our server. Right. So you develop to that. Yeah. Every single customer can play on this level. Right. And we're, we're talking a computer that will cost you three grand to fucking build. Oh, absolutely. You know, it's probably going to be intense as fuck. I mean, for, for the new games coming out, you can stream this. It was kind of fucking dope, dude. Like, you can stream it to any Chrome browser. So we're talking, the whole thing runs off of Linux anyway. But it, if you have Chrome and Linux, Apple, um, Windows PC, your phone. Right. Um, it also streams to. Uh, there is no actual console, so it streams to Chromecast. Yeah. On your TV, there is a controller, but you don't have to use it. You can use um, an Xbox controller or a PlayStation controller, a USB, or anything that connects to a USB. Anything. Yeah. The Stadia controller has a couple of features on it, like it has the Google Assistant button. What I thought was interesting um, is the 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 Stadia controller is that hybrid of Xbox One and PlayStation. It really is, yeah. yeah. And a lot of people have been harping on it. Um, they're saying that it looks uncomfortable, and I'm like, yeah, but you can never tell until you hold it. Yeah. I thought the you Xbox like controller dick. looked... <laughs> I thought the Xbox controller looked uncomfortable when I first saw it. Because yeah. the joysticks are... They're like one's up top and one's on the bottom. I was like, how the fuck is that going to work? Right. But it actually... You know? But you use one more than the other anyway, so... Right, but it works. Yeah. yeah. So it's... um. And I and to me, it looks like a PlayStation controller. Yeah, <laughs> it looks but like a got, PS4. Did you controller. notice that on the unders carriage, it has like the Konami code? Yeah, like I was like, yeah. okay, that was an awesome nod <laughs> um, to just gaming in general. Yeah, you know, and it kind of it kind of made me. And I know it's probably gimmicky or whatever, but they never said it. 
Yeah. They never said the Konami code was there. It kind of makes me feel like the developers are having fun, right. you know, and they're doing some some crazy shit. But um, and fucking Doom is one of the is going to be one right. of the partners. Yeah, it it software. Um, and the, and they said what they said was true is they've always been on the forefront of technology. and They really have. They do the original or not the original Doom, but the first new Doom because the Doom Eternal is coming out soon. Um, was the first game to run off the new Vulcan API. And Vulcan API is something that allows lower-end systems to play that game well. I have a really shitty graphics card, and I play Doom like fucking tits, dude, hmm. on my computer. So it's, it's – it's, and he also made another good point. Having one of your first games be Doom Eternal on a streaming service yeah. is ballsy. Because that game is quick, and it, it requires high precision. It, it's not fucking Civilization Six, you know. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you have to be real quick controller. So for Google is saying that lag is not going to be an issue that they have, and I understand what they said. Like they said, like especially with the if you have the um, the Stadia controller, it connects wi- it connects through Wi-Fi, so it's connecting directly to the server. You know, stuff like that. And yeah, the, the Google can't control everything. Like, they can't control your network. Right. But if you have sound internet, in theory, there won't be an issue. Um, but we have to wait and see if that's actually going to be the case. Because I know play, they said this, Sony said the same thing about PlayStation Now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then you found out that, yeah, you have to have like balls deep internet. But then PlayStation Now, again, isn't the same. It's like limited to what the PlayStation can do, even yeah. though it doesn't really have to be, but they're only streaming fucking PlayStation games. They're not doing anything else. Right. So I don't know, man. I, I think this is like, if if Google can pull this off, it's going to be a big deal. Yeah. And Microsoft's also coming out with um, their xCloud streaming technology, and they demoed that with Forza Horizon 4 um, being played on the phone. So they do have some competition out there, but I think Google has the the infrastructure to really pull it off. Yeah, that's going to be, it's it's really like when, basically I, when I really got, because I was like, well, how are they going to, and then I realized like, oh yeah, Google servers, they're like everywhere. So yeah, that makes sense on how you can kind of reduce the latency, you know, because, you know, when you saw the map of like where all their centers are, you're like, oh yeah, that makes a whole lot of sense. Like how they'll cut in the lat- latency. It's almost like DSL, the way DSL works, right? you know, in, in the way that whole thing is going to work out. So It'll be really interesting and like it will definitely kind of light the fire underneath the asses of Sony and Microsoft, you know, and, and try to get that shit going. But um, but yeah, so um, I would definitely recommend you guys watch. It's an hour long. A little it's, little, and it's all about Stadia. Yeah, it's all about Stadia. It's not about any of the other stuff. Scrub the first 16 minutes, though, because... Because it's all fucking bullshit. It's all their like logo, logo color chart kind of shit going on. <laughs> Waiting for the steam, the stream to, to start. start. Yeah. Um, they have a few people that come on stage. They, they have uh, the CEO of Ubisoft in the in the in the um, in the crowd. He gives a little wave like he's the president of something <laughs> and shit. Yeah. You know? And then they have the id software dude talks on the stage and. Um, but yeah, it's just nonstop information about Stadia. We didn't get pricing information. Of course. Um, 
I didn't expect to get it. No. It would have been nice, but I didn't expect it. Yeah, but that's Not gonna at the be, first announcement. But that's going to be like E3 kind of thing, you know? Right. Or so, after that. <laughs> we'll see, yeah. you know. But um, I'm excited. Yeah. It's something new, you know. Um, it's not more of the same. And I think I, – and Steve and I were talking about this too. I think the game industry really needed a kick in the ass because um, we're doing the same thing cell phones are doing now where – the console comes out and it's it's yeah it's better but it's not crazy better right. and pc is usually a million times better hardware wise of course you got to worry about costs and shit but i think that's the problem is that we're like well this console's already $500 we can't make it any more expensive so now we're limiting the hardware well with something like stadia you don't have to limit shit yeah you know so it's funny too cuz um orbital fetus hit us up on our um, facebook account and was like, did you see this? <laughs> I was like, <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, we're talking about it this week. Oh <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. So, and finally, Representative Devin Nunes, Re- Republican of California, literally did this to himself. Just a few days ago, the congressman decided to sue a parody Twitter account called at Devin Cow because it apparently it was apparently spreading misinformation to its 1,200 followers. Now, largely thanks to Nunez's own self-raised stink, the cow has a lot more <laughs> followers than Nunez himself. As of this recording, Nunez has 403,000 um, followers. Nunez's cow has 633,000. <laughs> uh, in his Monday lawsuit, Nunez sued the entirety of Twitter for $250 million, saying it, quote-unquote, shadow-banned conservatives, including himself, ahead of the 2018 midterms, a term referred to some Twitter users' favorite conspiratorial excuse as to why their content is allegedly being hidden, as Nunez inartantly explained on Fox News' Sean Hannity after filing the suit. Nunez's suit also said accounts like at Devin Cow and at Devin Nunez's mom served him, quote, an orc... Um, served him, quote, an orchestrated defamation campaign of stunning breadth and scope, one that no human should ever have to bear and suffer in their whole life. Wow. Cool. It's that bad? Yeah, cool. Um, commentators and comedians probably dunked on Nunez's very dramatic lawsuit, and thousands of Twitter followers followed suit. In related news, Nunez's team postponed a fundraising dinner that was to be held in Fresno this weekend, citing security concerns. However, it was revealed that people were orchestrating to buy cowbells and shout moo at the event. Also, (laughs) there is a Twitter campaign to send cowbells to his local office. The tweet claims that, quote, people should not send cowbells to Devin Nunez's office and then provided the address that they should not send it to. So. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. Um. This whole situation has been funny. Like I've been seeing stuff. I don't follow any of these people, but it still comes up in my Twitter feed. Yeah. You know, and it's it's I just funny De- shit. I, I follow Devin Nunes' cow. Oh, do you? <laughs> yeah, I do. Just <laughs> just because I was like, oh, oh, really? Okay, I think I'll just follow it just for the, the just for the lols. Right. <laughs> yeah, uh, but um. Keep in mind, him. this is the same dude that when uh conservatives were calling a african-american congressman the n-word as he was walking into congress during a protest he quote said he had said that they have every right to express themselves the way they want right 
Yeah. So if the, if they can shout the fucking end in two thousand, what was it? Nineteen when that happened? Was it this year? I thought it was last. It might have been eighteen nineteen. In the twenty first <laughs> fucking century, if they if if he can justify them shouting racial obscenities, then they can do whatever the fuck they want on Twitter. Exactly. You fuck su- him. You lose all credibility. Right That's there. right. You reap what you fucking sow, buddy. Yeah. Oh man, I'm surprised what he was able dick. to do it without Trump sticking his mouth. Oh my god! I mean, this, this, it's amazing what these people can do with fucking Trump stick up their ass. Yeah, that's true. So you know, just ask Lindsey Graham. <laughs> <laughs> oh All right. shit! All right, that is our episode for this week. Thanks for joining us. If you want to help us out, there are two ways you can. One, you can leave us a review wherever you get the show. As I said at the top of the show, also recommend the show to your friends. They'll love you for it. We promise. Mm-hmm. Two, you can if you really want to help us out, you can donate. You head over to LazyGeeks.com and click the Donate a button. You can follow us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash TheLazyGeeks. Twitter and Instagram are both at TheLazyGeeks. Um, and send us any feedback, comments, suggestions for episodes, any conspiracy theories or conspiracy truths. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that seems to be the thing now. It's like That's right. <laughs> conspiracy truths. To the geeks at TheLazyGeeks.com. All right, if you want more content from us, just head over to the blog, thelazygeeks.com. Thanks for checking us out. So until next time, live large. If you ain't living large, you ain't living at all.